tonight on Hops and Box Office Flaps. Video games will make you fat. It's a fact. Yeah, what's your point? So will binge drinking. Wait, it will? Yeah, especially when you're drinking with power. Eight bits of power. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back. This is our 138th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wabam Entertainment. That's W-O-B-A-M Entertainment. And tonight, in the penultimate entry of Hops and Jingle Bell Flops, we are doing 2021's 8-Bit Christmas. Along with me for this pixelated blast from the past, the man who's about as pleasant as the duck hunt dog, Chumpzilla. I'm snickering at and judging all of you. And the inventor of the infamous power glove, Captain Cash. Now listen, if you used it correctly, trust me, it works like a charm. Mayor McCheese would have been here, but he's busy reprogramming Rob the Robot to open his beers. So, A noble endeavor indeed. Yeah, I mean, if he, <laughs> listen, if he, if he gets this right, he's got uh, quite a bit of a mint on his hands, it feels like. And just for the record, I've been working uh, feverishly to get my virtual boy to, to uh, display VR porn. So I honestly, know, I don't know if that's a noble endeavor or a worthy one, but <laughs> soldier on, good sir. Between the two of you, we will achieve world peace in 2022. Yeah. So points for you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Bio Flops. And you can find Wabam Entertainment on Twitter and Instagram at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T. This movie, 8-Bit Christmas, is available to stream on HBO Max. This never went to theaters. This was a streaming exclusive. Uh, So let's talk beer. Tonight we're drinking O'Fallon Dad's Oatmeal Cookie Stout. The stout is velvety smooth with a creamy mouthfeel. And it has hints of chocolate, cinnamon, caramel, oat, raisin, and vanilla which combined to create a liquid cookie. Uh, it's a St. Louis beer, and there's two things that are big in St. Louis. For dads, it's scotch and oatmeal cookies. So I guess this was sort of born out of that historical premise. It's, it's a decent beer. If you like stouts, it's good. It's very smooth. But unfortunately, Captain Cash, it only has a 5.9% ABV. If it's born out of scotch, it needs to have a higher ABV. I would agree with that. Uh, now, the flavors can be a little overpowering for me, uh, and it feels kind of like a very thin stout. I would give it one and a half to two movies. Not my favorite stout. I don't dislike it, but it comes in packs of four, and I'm saying I would drink the four, and I'd be cool with that. Uh, I will just uh, echo my <coughs> comments from our appearance on our uh fellow podcasters over at the Hot Mission USA podcast uh, on their lovely program. Uh, I'm a giant wuss, and when it comes to stouts, I have a sensitive tum-tum, like the Thunderous Wizard. So I could only give this one bad movie. Um, it's not bad, don't get me wrong, uh, but uh, yeah, it is It is a mouthful. 
even without being a heavy stout. Yeah, yeah. So, 8-Bit Christmas was directed by Michael Douse. Uh, he's probably done a few movies that you'll recognize and some that I really enjoy, which are Goon, which is a Sean William Scott movie where he is a hockey enforcer. Uh, what If, which is a romantic comedy with uh, Harry Potter. I seem to recall it's that episode where Ultron gets all the Infinity Stones and then punches the Watcher in the face. Yep, different What If, but same title. Uh, you've got okay. Stuber, which is Dave Batista and uh, Kumail Nanjani. I love that movie. I thought it was hilarious. I still haven't seen it. I, I keep meaning to, but where is it streaming anywhere? I think it's streaming now. I, I couldn't tell you where, but I watched it on a plane. So. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did both FUBAR movies, which are quite hilarious. Uh, Captain Cash will appreciate this. He directed two episodes of Future Man. Fucking love that show. Can't, can't stress that enough. That's on Hulu. Check that out. I think he's a really talented director even if you don't like this movie and a couple of people in this pod do not, but I do not, not a big fan. I'm going to be, <laughs> listen, let me, let me spoil you up front. This was not my cup of tea in as much that it really expected to be my cup of tea, which is kind of frustrating. It assumed it would be my cup of tea and in doing so made it not my cup of tea. Yeah. I'm really surprised to hear the guy who sings the praises of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 did not enjoy this movie. I'm a bit I shocked. Didn't. I thought this would have been like right in your wheelhouse because you love daddy issues. Yeah, and... not, not as much as the Thunderous Wizard. I Listen, I appreciate a good daddy issue, but... Yeah, yeah this movie was directly in my wheelhouse. Uh, it stars Winslow Fegley as young Jake Doyle. Neil, would you like to know more? Patrick Harris is the older self of Jake Doyle. We've got June Big Mouth Diane Raphael as Kathy Doyle. That is young Jake's mother. Uh, Steve Diamonds in the Rough Zahn as John Doyle. That is young Jack's young Jake's father. Uh, there's a truckload of child actors. I think they all do a competent job because this movie is very child actor dependent, which can be hit or miss, but I thought they were all fairly charming. And of course, mm-hmm. finally, you've got David Henderson Valley Eggs cross as the dealer and also sort of the moral compass of the movie. I'm trying to remember, has Steve Zahn been on the podcast before? It feels like he should have been if he's not. I love so many movies starring Steve Zahn, but I don't think he's been on the pod. It's weird. He's the man. He's like, he's so incredibly charming. If you haven't watched White Lotus, that's a great show on HBO. You should definitely watch that where he's sort of part of this miserable upper middle class family that goes on vacation it's great and saving silverman is fantastic which is an amazing comedy movie that got kind of overlooked which is of course where diamonds in the rough comes Mm. from that's their neil diamond cover band so eight bit christmas uh, was based on a book of the same name by kevin jack jakubowski which is a very chicago name who also wrote the script for this movie This script was actually on the 2019 blacklist, which is films that are most coveted, but have yet to be bought up by a studio. So I'm actually sort of surprised it went straight to streaming, but I'm glad it did because it's hard to get to the movies. Um, I couldn't find a budget for it. uh, So technically it's not a flop and uh, I don't really know how many times it's been streamed or any of that nonsense, but uh, I'll say I wanted to do it because I love all things Nintendo 
Uh, it literally was a gift from my Christmas past and probably the same year, 1988. I was stunned at how little information there is out there on this movie. Like oh, at yeah, a bare minimum, yeah. you've got like a Wikipedia article that describes the plot. That does not exist for this film. It's like this weird black hole of where there should be internet knowledge. It is the yeah. Cabbage Patch Isle that is featured in this movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and you know, talking about the budget numbers, I mean, this was not a big movie. I mean, it's got a lot of faces you'll recognize, but uh, yeah, it's carried mostly by the child actor cast. Um, you know, they're the real stars here, effectively. NPH showed up for a day and a half to shoot his scenes, and that yeah. was that. Yeah. He's well, essentially I mean, yeah. he's the Peter uh, Falk of this movie. He's telling his kid a story. Yes, that's, that's yeah. what he does. Yeah, the, the, yeah. This cribs very heavily from both the Princess Bride and a Christmas Story in terms and of how I met your mother, and, and in terms of its framing device and and, and the Wonder Years. Things. And some of the themes, yeah, the the narration. How I, um, met, yeah, your, I, mean, how, how I met your Nintendo. <laughs> There's your one-liner right there. Yeah. But yeah, you spend most of the time with uh, uh, June, Diane, Raphael, and Steve Zahn. I mean, they're, they're the two adults that spend most of their time in the movie. Um, but my point being is also there's no big set pieces or stunts in it either. Oh, you no. Know? I mean, the, it, the most expensive parts of this movie are clearly licensing and location shooting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's, I mean, so yeah, I think if this had gone to theaters, it probably would have turned a profit, but who and knows I, with the streaming numbers. And I know that licensing must have been somewhat expensive because there's a scene in this movie where the power glove is used and it's not an actual Nintendo game on the screen. That was really interesting because I was going to mention that later, but you're bringing it up now because they definitely show you other Nintendo games, the boxes and the box art and the cartridges. But I'm trying to think here. You, you only see a couple of games on screen. And when you yeah, do, yeah. the one we spend the most time with was not a real game. Yeah, which was weird. Anyways, all that said, um, this movie seems to have been relatively re well received. It sits at 79% on Rotten Tomatoes with 24 reviews, <laughs> carries a user score of 75 and a Metacritic of 66, which leads us into our one-liners. And we will begin with you, Captain Cash. This is a Hallmark Christmas movie for 40-year-old dudes. Of which I am almost one, and I loved it. Uh, which, again, it's not a judgment. Yeah. It, just, it is what it is. Well, yeah, I mean, the kid in, this, in the movie, I think today he would be about 43, I want to say. Because yeah, he's about, 11 yeah. during the film. So, yeah, yeah. so that's, 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 the, that's the key uh, nostalgia demographic they're going for. But anyway, my one-liner would be a Christmas story part two, blander things. Okay. Uh, You'll put yeah. your eye out. Yeah. Video games will make you fat. Uh, that's a fact. I would describe it as if you take a Billy Ripken baseball card, a power glove, a quest for an NES, mall hijinks and shenanigans, and purple snow boots, and you get most of my childhood. So this movie is incredible. I did like some of the uh, some of the stuff they referenced was pretty good, like the the ruse box that he had his Nintendo stuff in yeah because if you were a kid in chicago you were definitely rocking the ruse because you know walter payton uh oh yeah was one of was one of their spokespeople and oh yeah um 
I'm trying to think what and the yeah the 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 Billy Ripken card. There was a Chris Sabo reference. Oh my god, there's so many great references. The kid who lies all the time and it's like, remember when you told us you joined the A team? <laughs> yeah. I love I love that stuff. Uh, so let's get into the plot uh, right after I do the actual description from IMDb, which was in 1980 Chicago, a 10 year old sets out on a quest to get the Christmas gift of his generation, the latest and greatest video game system. How IMDb do you not call it a Nintendo in your description? It's about Nintendo. Don't be such a wimp. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you know, I- licensing, do they have to pay to use the name? I don't know. Uh, yeah, ad, they don't want to give Nintendo free advertising dollars. Uh, I'm really sure. So I'm gonna do a spoiler-free plot because this movie is brand new, and I, I think if you've got kids uh, or you or you look back fondly on Nintendo, you should watch this movie. I mean, we can go into some specifics, but I mean, there's really not that much to spoil aside from, I guess, the end. The whole yeah. film builds to that. I don't like you can not talk about it. But that's the emotional payoff of this whole thing. So it well, sort of feels I, like. I, yeah. I, hold on. Let me ask the question here. I don't think it's a spoiler if we say that the movie ultimately hinges on the relationship of young Neil Patrick Harris and his father, Steve Zahn. Yes. Uh, yeah. and, and of course, you know, layered on top of that is this, you know, ridiculous 80s kids hijinks in terms of their, their crazy harebrained plot to get this Nintendo system. But yeah, there's an emotional core underneath all of that. Um, yeah, and you do get the weird, wise and helpful street vagrant uh, David Cross also kind of helping guide our, our young protagonist through this uh, journey. Which um, again, kids, if David Cross wants to offer you anything out of the back of his car, do not take it. Yeah. Now, not, if yeah, it's in the not. banana stand, take it. That's different. Yeah. But, totally uh, different. but, but yeah, I mean, so I think we can definitely talk about that because that's just, I both enjoyed the fact that there was an emotional core here in this movie and it wasn't just like a, a Goonies ripoff kind of Christmas Goonies. But at the same time, it's like some of that wasn't really as earned as I think the movie thought it was. Anyway, Thunderous Wizard, give us your plot breakdown. Okay, so 8-Bit Christmas begins with Jake Doyle's, Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, his daughter's annoying him about getting a cell phone for Christmas. Uh, he then begins to relay the tale of Christmas 1988 when he and all his friends wished for a Nintendo. Uh, it all starts innocently enough. Each day they gather outside the house of Timmy Keene, who's this kind of rich asshole kid who has everything, uh, hoping to be one of the lucky 10 chosen to enter Timmy Keene's house to play his Nintendo. Now, this is all well and good until one day in a fit of rage, this is during the fake video game scene, Keen jump kicks his TV, which lands on his dog, nearly killing it. So the days gathering outside Keen's are now over, and thus the great Nintendo quest begins. And this is where we get the the other side plot, which is the moral hand-wringing of video games cause violence. Yes, and I do have a question about that later. Uh, about like parts of this movie that may have resonated the most with you. And I do want to talk about the whole faux outrage of video games at that point. Uh, but that is a central plot because that becomes a hurdle, if, if you will, of, of Jake getting his Nintendo. Uh, so basically none of these kids' parents 
will agree to buy them one. So Young Jake, along with his buddies, you've got Evan Olson, Mikey Trotter, Jeff Farmer, who I find very funny because he makes up all these absurd lies like, oh, I, I'm sorry I'm late. I just got off the phone with Bon Jovi. <laughs> Which is, you know, that's what kids do. So it's funny. Uh, and you got the Hodges twins. They unite under a common cause and they hatch several schemes to attain the Nintendo. There's the wreath selling charity drive for their pseudo Cub Scout troop, which ends in disarray and disaster because of Timmy Keene's asshole father who blames the video games, not his hopelessly spoiled piece of shit son for the injury of his dog. Uh, you've got the so clearly Ripken. emotionally stunted and yeah. possibly a sociopath. <laughs> uh, not, po- not possibly. Yeah, I think he yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> so he is in one of my favorite scenes in the movie where he makes his sister go out on the porch with a giant boombox playing, I need a hero. And out he walks in his bathroom to reveal that he has the power glove. <laughs> yeah, and, and his ghee. Yeah, it's his bathroom. No, it's, no, it's not bathroom. It's his karate gi, and he whips out. I the think power he's wearing belt. both. I think he's yeah. got a, a robe on too. I, it, it was quite the entrance. Anytime you use, I need a hero. Uh, you've got me sold. Doesn't matter what it is, I'm sold. Just Bonnie Tyler speaks very deeply to yes. the soul of oh the my thunderous God. wizard. I've loved that song ever since I saw the movie Who's Harry Crumb with John Candy, and he chases down the plane. It's fantastic. So, yeah, then you've got the Billy Ripken error card with fuckface written on the bat, uh, which they discover could fetch a high price, high enough to buy a Nintendo. By the way, that's a real card, so we'll talk about that later. It's a real thing. Yep. Um, And he goes to the mall with the money. He's going to get the Nintendo. But sure enough, there's two parents there basically patrolling the department store to prevent kids from buying these terrible mind melting video games and you know all sorts of things have to happen it's a little mission impossible-esque for 10 year olds it was was quite the detailed plan they had it involved walkie talkies vomit and uh you know a, a, a tight time window yes it's very much a heist movie except instead of heisting something they're just buying something it's incredible because Olsen, who's this like nebbish friend of theirs, is allergic to two things. And one of them is SpaghettiOs. So they load him full of SpaghettiOs and he then projectile vomits all over the teacher. <laughs> Which I think is played for laughs. But as I'm watching, I'm just like, <laughs> it's awesome. this just isn't that funny. This is, oh, this you're is such stand by me. But no, you're talking about my girl. Is it my the, girl? He, he dies of the bees. Totally what? different. Totally different. Olsen does no, not I, die of the SpaghettiOs. Well, no, I'm just like, you know, kid with allergic reaction, but, you know, Macaulay Culkin dies. Like, oh, no, no, no. Uh, Captain Cash is thinking of the Sandlot, where they all do the Red Man shoe and go on the Spinorama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of Stand By Me, where they tell the story of the guy who ate all the blueberry pies and then projectile vomits all over everyone. No, 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 no. You're thinking about Team America, where the puppets are having sex. No, he, he's t- he's talking about the scene in Ed where they all get drunk and the monkey has to drive home. Yes. Yep. That's the scene. <laughs> That's it. That's yep. It. Okay. All right. We got it now. So these schemes obviously don't work. So there's always a Christmas miracle. And to Chumpsill's point, this is sort of where the kid uh, through the uh, black market uh, 
toy dealer discovers that there's more to Christmas than simply getting what you want most. Uh, Christmas is about being with your family. And uh, Jake discovers that his father has built him this incredible tree fort family I mean, bond. Spoilers, because yeah. this is the big reveal. Yeah. So I guess we well, did spoil the movie, but that's the first big reveal. There's one more to come. Yeah. yeah. So I, that drove me nuts, though, because the dad has built this massive tree house in their back yard, I guess, overnight. They don't, oh, no, they, no. He's yeah, been I, building I, I, it. I got, I've got some questions about that. I'm going to save that. To me, that's probably the biggest plot hole the movie has. Like, like not just a nitpick, but like a legitimate plot hole that that bothered me. But yeah, the, let's keep going. The whole point. I mean, he has the kid paint the hockey sticks, whatever. He does. Like, he does. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's Varnish. been building it. He tells him not to go, you know, behind the shed. Essentially, he's telling the kid, like, you need to be outside more. Like, all the best parts of my childhood were being outside with my friends, blah, 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 blah. That's the whole point of the story. But yeah, he's trying to share something with his son. His fondest memories of youth was building these forts in the woods with his pals, and, not and really like video games. I loved video games. Like the Nintendo started like a huge love affair for me for years. Like I played video games well into my 20s and 30s. I've slowed way down now and I don't care nearly as much, but I remember many Legend of Zelda experiences very fondly. Like, But being outdoors was also obviously a huge part of my life and playing sports and doing all those other things. And like, that's sort of the, the gap that is trying to be bridged between father and son. Like he's trying to show him the value of these other things. But well, that's I, think the, it, it, I think it's, he also wants to share that with his son in the sense that, Hey, I want you to have a, a, a similar experience to me so I can relate to you. Yeah. If you do something yeah. completely different, I, I'm, I'm as a father, I'm worried I won't be able to relate to you, which I think it's, it's very touching because it's a very, to me, that's one of the things that really does work for the movies because I think we all feel that as parents, you know, uh, those of us who are, which is all of us right now. Uh, yeah, because, you know, you see your kids getting interested in things and, and as they get older, they start to develop interests and stuff. And y- yeah, you always kind of hope that you can share things and, ha- and have uh, that bond over some sort of activity, whether it's sports or it's, uh, you know, uh, other hobbies or activities. It's just nice to have that common ground. Yeah, which that's a good segue into how many beers are required to watch this movie. And since I really like this movie, I'd say none. I think you could do two or three enjoyment beers. I cried at the end of this movie. I don't, you know, I, I, I'm a crier. That's just the thing yeah. I do. But my wife cried too. I really, the, the father-son angle of the movie really hit me pretty hard. I, I love this movie. I thought it was great. I'll uh, watch it every Christmas now. Wow. Yeah. So I was high on drugs from a uh, colonoscopy just to really date myself and uh, drive home. I am of a certain age that this movie should have worked for. And I don't know what, what went through me faster, this movie or the camera. I just, this did not stick the landing at all for me. I didn't, none of it was that funny. And the attempts at like emotional heartstring stuff felt really unearned in a way that I'm like, oh, really? Okay, cool. No, I get it. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, four mostly pain beers. I just, 
Oof. This was not the movie for me. I'm not. I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad movie, right? I just it didn't connect for me at all. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I, I I'm shocked by that because yeah. I I I figured the Thunderous Wizard would enjoy this, and just based on your again the high praise you've given Guardians of the Galaxy two, I figured this I would really tickle like that too. Yeah, I thought this would tickle your fancy, but so for me, it's two mostly enjoyment beers. I don't find the movie to be offensive at all like it's i'm not like insulted by it but i yeah i just don't i don't think it hit some of those emotional notes like it wanted to at least not for me personally so i did not cry at the end of this um you know it 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 tried to have heart i just yeah i don't think it quite built the relationships uh to the point that i cared that much by the end of it okay yeah uh that's fair i do know that captain cash once jump kicked his tv and it fell on his dog breaking several of its legs and its ribs. So I think he's a little bit sore about uh, the yeah. fact that somebody got wind of that, but he might not have been ready for this. Yeah. Not emotionally prepared to face himself <laughs> as Timmy Keen. <laughs> now, let, let me tell this story now uh, that did hit close to home for me because I was Wait, playing <laughs> which part uh, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, <laughs> murdering a dog <laughs> well uh, t- a tr- nintendo related tragedy um so my buddy and i i think we we're playing solar jet man nobody remembers that game you fly around the little spaceship and if you get hit one too many times your ship explodes and then you're just a little tiny little little guy a little sprite of an astronaut with a jet pack and you have to like fly around and try to survive until you, you can earn your shit back. And I can't remember what we were doing, but something made us laugh like so uncontrollably hard that we like rolled out of our chairs. And one of us, I don't know which, got tangled up in the controller cables and yanked the Nintendo off the top of the television. And because of the giant rat's nest of cables that were required to operate you know, audiovisual equipment back in, in the late 80s, early 90s, it also pulled the VCR off with it. And the VCR did not survive the tumble. Oh, you don't say, because those were never built particularly well. <laughs> no, no, they always ate tapes and did weird shit and made noises. And Nintendo, yeah. of course, was like bomb-proof. That thing was fine. Um, but no, the, the VCR did not make it. And oh boy, was I in a ton of trouble. So that went from like pants pissingly funny rolling on the floor to oh shit real fast yeah that was that was a bad day that was a bad day in the chumpzilla household yeah anyway of course you killed the dog uh well that was that was for different reasons but yeah (laughs) so that but that dog deserved it though he was a real dick he was such a jerk so that's going to take us into our first break so let's hear a word from our good brothers and beer at hop nation usa and on the other side we're going to do some lingering questions about this movie and well really about nintendo and how much it ruled so we'll see you on the other side hey everyone this is steve and this is adam and we're part of the hop nation usa podcast pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast join us every friday for new beer reviews we'll talk about the news history and homebrewing Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Hello and welcome back to the 138th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wabam Entertainment. We are talking 2021's 8-Bit Christmas starring Neil Patrick Harris, 
amongst a sort large of? array of child, child actors. I mean, NPH is here for, you know, an extended cameo. Steve Zahn, starring Steve Zahn. Closer. Yeah. And June yeah. and Raphael. So let's start. I mean, I, I basically wrote all these questions about a little bit about this movie, but a lot about Nintendo. The first being we all had a Nintendo growing up. So what game do you remember most fondly? We'll start with you, Chumzilla. Obviously not Rocket Fellow game because solar, you solar jet man killed the dog and <laughs> broke your vcr but yeah that was a bad day uh now the game i probably poured the most hours into was probably super mario 3 just to be honest because we played a ton of that well just that was yeah you were nicknamed the wizard in college so this is true it's a fact but i still have my nintendo uh, my childhood nintendo so i, I can relate to, to neil patrick harris there and this year for my birthday, I was gifted a Silver Surfer cartridge. And I played a ton of that game because it's one of the, the most impossibly hard Nintendo games of all time. Um, it's not quite as hard as uh, Metal Gear, but it's up there because the game is just the difficulty ramp is like beyond exponential. And it's just super frustrating. Unless you have a turbo controller, it's almost not even playable. Get the game. But I try. But I, but you know, but yeah, I, I get infinite lives. I definitely did that and tried to, you know, beat the game and never did. I never did. But I had fun though, because back then games were more of a challenge. You know, there wasn't Google or anything like that. You just had to, that's what you rented for the weekend. That's what you're stuck with, you know? And uh, if you bought it, if you paid 60 bucks for it, you yes. sure shit, we're going to play the hell out of it. You you were kinda, choice. You're kind of stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. Does it, but, does it weird anybody else out that? Games have been sixty dollars, irrespective of how long it takes to produce them. It's their it's, quality for the last forty years. Like, what's going on? It's that very weird to me that systems have experienced inflation, but not games. Yeah. Like somehow they're inflation proof. Well, you know, I would say sneakers are the same way too. Well, to be fair, they're way they're they're more expensive to to make, but the physical disc or to just basically put it out there to download is way cheaper than cartridges. So maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe but probably not. Because some Listen, of these games I'm just are like saying it deserves investigation. Games. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Somebody well, should look I, at I this. I think the problem the part of the issue there too is just the demand is so much higher now. I mean they're selling uh, more copies of the game. So economies of scale. That's but, fair. Uh, well they can afford to make the games the same price. Yeah. Yeah. I for me I, I kind of probably lean in with Jumpzilla that just in sheer hours put in, it's Mario 3. Like I, I didn't get a, a Nintendo until I was, I remember it was my sixth birthday. And by that point, it would have been 88. So the Super Nintendo was another three years around the corner. I did get that for Christmas, and that made a big difference. And that was when I first, like, it feels like I really got into video games versus I was just slapping buttons on a thing, hoping to achieve some sort of result. Um, but if I had to pick any one random weird thing that I played on the NES that isn't Super Mario 3, Battletoads. And oh, you know yeah, what? Yeah. I beat that bike level through just sheer force of will and memorizing where those goddamn walls showed up. Battletoads is a punishing, punishing game. 
Yes, it is. Uh, and and the original, because these are all the cliche ones, but I remember staying up all night with, with a group of guys, very similar to this movie, trying to beat the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Oh, my God. Woof. Fuck that water level. Oh, the I had that Ninja Turtles game, and yeah. I, I, I never beat it. No, but I did like eventually it. figure out like the secret to beating Rocksteady or Bebop or I don't remember which one it is. You just it's like the first yeah. level. You it's go like up you'd... top with Donatello. Yeah, and just drive yeah. the pole down. Uh, yeah, uh, there's so many answers I could say. Like Contra, I've always loved the Contra games. I love pattern oh, yeah. memorization. I'm huge on that, which is why I love platforming games. And to this day, like I'm just really into pattern memorization and, and figuring out really hard things and and then beating them i mean tetris would be up there for me but i guess that'd be more game boy because tetris came with game boy i've got a legend of zelda tattoo but i fell in love with zelda with ocarina of time so then i went back and played the old zeldas i wasn't so into mike tyson's punch out would be another one but i'm gonna say the adventures of lolo which if you've never played it it's a puzzle game where you're this little blue ball and you have to figure out how to solve each puzzle to exit the level. You're going through a tower and the puzzles get increasingly difficult. They made three of them, actually. It's one of my favorite games. And I play it to this day. It's on the Switch Virtual Console. So if you haven't nice. played it, check it out. It's I love it. It's so I like much fun. vaguely recall that. And there were like pink dinosaurs or something, right? Oh, there's, yeah, there's all different... All sorts of different enemies. There's a thing that looks like a head of broccoli that shoots lightning bolts, and you got to figure out how you can block those. I, it's really intricate. It's it's a really well designed game, and I love it. Fair enough. Right on. So my second question. Now it's back to the film, which is about Nintendo. Is what moment of the film, basically in in terms of their adventure, resonated the most with you? What was like? Holy shit! Yes. Well, hey, I'll start off first here, uh, Thunderous Wizard, and say that actually it was that opening scene where Neil Patrick Harris introduces his daughter to his old Nintendo system in his old bedroom. And it was that kind of like he was sharing some nostalgia with his daughter. And I completely at that point thought they were going to bond over the Nintendo. And it was going to become like a love story, kind of like, like, I love this as a kid. You, you know, this is something I enjoyed. She's like, I enjoy it too, Dad. They would bond over that, which is not where the movie goes at all. But I did like that opening scene of him being excited to share that with his daughter, you know. And yes, and, yeah. Because I have my Nintendo, I've shared it with my kids. They play it, you know. So it's completely divorced from where the movie goes. But that, I really enjoyed that part. I thought that was a neat way to open the movie. I agree. And I often. I play Switch with my oldest son quite a bit. He's getting better at, at video games. And uh, we do a lot of virtual console stuff. Because I'm like, these these are like more your speed. Not the really insanely difficult games. But I did get him the Legend of Zelda Game & Watch for Christmas. Because I think it'll be fun to like sit there and play this. You know, it's his. It's his handheld. And we get to play Legend of Zelda. I think he'll like it. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. Right uh, Captain Cash. Can I do the opposite? The the part of the movie uh, where oh Debbie Downers here. like it just it took me right out of the movie, <laughs> which is what killed me was the the big emotional payoff where 
the dad reveals that for Christmas he has built this giant, intricate treehouse. And we have spent the entire film seeing how this is a guy who does not finish any home project. Like, that's his thing. Oh, yeah, honey, I'm going to get to that. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it. But he's built what is effectively another house with electricity in a tree for his children. And that has completely gone unnoticed by them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's to me, that's the biggest like plot hole the movie has. There's no way that could have been concealed in their backyard. Okay. Like, behind the shed. Two. And also, you know, I, I, we were joking about this during the break, but yeah, I don't know who's the worst dad in some of these Christmas movies, Steve Zahn's character or the dad from uh, home sweet home alone because both of them are seen to be kind of bumbling idiots and they kind of attribute some negative qualities to them. And it's like, how are we supposed to feel about these characters? They don't seem to be good fathers. No, 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 no. Steve Zahn punches out an elf in the mall. He's unimpeachable. Back off, man. Yeah, he's he a girl, he's elf. an adult. He's dressed as an elf. He, he, he might, uh, you know, it, it does appear, though, that he might have some issues that he needs to deal with um it's it's an interesting way they try to portray that character but more importantly what i'm getting at here is that his wife would be livid if she's like oh great treehouse why don't you finish the fucking kitchen deadbeat oh my god you're the worst both of you are the worst he's not wrong (laughs) oh god you know what resonated with me timmy Keene's asshole dad doing the violent video game protest because when we were kids Mortal Kombat was a thing. Oh, man, yeah. All I wanted was Mortal Kombat. I, I really wanted to get that game. And, of course, you had asshole Joe Lieberman, who, guess what? Turned out to be a bigger asshole than any of us ever imagined, but he was an asshole then. And they had, you know, Congress is arguing about these silly video games. It's like, Night you know, Stalker. so... Night Stalker. Yeah. Like, if Tipper you... Tipper play If you think... Yeah, I, I blame Tipper Gore. <laughs> Yeah, Tipper Gore was part of it. So that's what resonated most with me. Like that scene and the parents like protesting something they had no like actual knowledge about, but they just heard it did all these terrible things. And that's today too. Like, I mean, it's like Facebook culture where parents are like, hey, did you hear about this? It's like, that's not true. I just like to point (laughs) out though, Zoomers and younger members of the audience, please understand this is how good things were effectively in the 80s and early 90s. That was the biggest concern. We had the satanic panic, which was basically heavy metal music and Dungeons and Dragons. We which had to be fair. Game. My love of heavy metal music and Dungeons and Dragons has led me to be a Satanist. So maybe they were kind of on about that. I don't know. Yeah, but, but the cool kind, not the blood orgy kind. <laughs> Um, well, well, yeah, but you know, and, and then they were worried about rap music for a little while, and then it was video games, and uh, th- that was with the big social issues at the time because everything else was uh, going mostly okay, kind of pretty sorta. okay. Yeah, you yeah. Don't worry about yeah. shit like that. It's because we didn't actually have to actively worry about the democracy collapsing. It's funny you bring up rap music because uh, Snoop Dogg was on uh, Sunday Night Football tonight making a pick. And I was like, oh, I remember when I was a kid, people swore this was like the worst person on earth. Uh, and now he's like, it. he's doing Cal- shows with Martha Stewart. Calvin Rodas was on trial for murder once yeah. upon a time. Murder was the case they gave him. Okay. 
Back to the questions. What video game system did you have this sort of intense clamoring for Captain Cash? So I did really want a Super Nintendo. I, I But like that feels like I, I was nine when I got it. So it's hard to remember like, oh, I, I, oh, I want it so bad. It, but yeah, I mean, I remember getting the Super Nintendo and, and that was pretty rad. Okay. Uh, Chumzilla, you're really what? old, so it's probably ColecoVision. Okay, so <laughs> true story. I was definitely old enough to want a Nintendo. I'm a little bit younger than the character in this movie because I would have been seven in 88. And I, I wanted one really, really, really bad. I probably wanted one when I was like six and seven. So, you know, and it came out, what, 85, 84, 85? In the U.S., yeah, I think 85. Might have been 85. 84, but it's right in there, yeah. Yeah, so by 87, I was definitely asking my parents for one. I definitely wanted a Nintendo, uh, 87, 88. And I didn't get one. I got a ColecoVision um, from a garage sale. <laughs> so oh, I had that to... thing is so terrible. <laughs> Which is, it's just a knockoff Atari. It played Atari cartridges. It could use our Atari controllers. It was just a knockoff Atari. I had to play that. I had to go to my friend's house and play his Nintendo um, for several years. And then I finally got one. Probably, gosh, probably almost 1990 before I got one for myself. Um, but by then, I was already playing on my buddy's, you know, Sega Master System and all that stuff, too. So, I mean, I was playing with my friends. But I distinctly remember when I was in college really wanting a playstation 2 like that t- became like the next time i really wanted a console it was like being much older but it was like the new generation the games look so much better on it and i was playing a lot of madden at that point and i just remember you know wanting to get one of those so bad I ended up getting one like you know a few months after release but uh you know it's uh it was definitely i mean i think to your point you know i definitely grew up with video games and it, they were just a big, it was a big deal as a kid because every time a new system came out, every time a new version of a popular game like Mario or Zelda or Mortal Kombat came out, it was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, you talked about it at school. You talked about it, you know, in arcades and stuff. Because I, you still uh, had, and you talked about it at the mall because you, the mall was still the social hub of the teenage universe at that yeah. point. I was so good at mortal Kombat 2 i had memorized every fatality friendship everything that kids in the playground would ask me the the button combinations to do people's fatalities and whatnot (laughs) uh stage fatalities whatever so for me back back down punch because you know like my dad basically got us a nintendo and i was too young to really understand like that this was like a hot item i didn't know and when it showed up, it like, of course, changed my life, as I mentioned. Uh, Super Nintendo was a big deal. And I kept my Super Nintendo until it crapped out, like, sometime mid-college. It, it just died, which was a sad day. But the Sega Dreamcast, I went all in on the Sega oh, Dreamcast. Because yeah. my first job was to pay for the Sega Dreamcast. I saved up all this money. I bought all kinds of games. I was all in. I thought this was going to be this great thing. And I still think it's one of the greatest systems ever made. 
It just didn't find the audience. Although I did totally, camp out, totally uh, underrated, totally underrated. I did camp out for a PlayStation Two with with Mayor McCheese. I didn't buy one, but I camped out with him for yeah. like fifteen hours, and it was a truly weird experience. Yeah, I know the Dreamcast kind of bombed when it came out, you know, but now it's realized it's a great console. So when I say it was underrated at the time of release. It was underrated. Uh, first real console to like master online play like there's several games that you could play online with the sega dreamcast fantasy star online quake 3 did um, it have a built-in modem or did you have to get a uh, a dongle well there was a i think yeah. i think it had something yeah it had a built-in dial-up modem but then you yeah. could get a dsl accessory yeah compatible yeah it was That's it right. was a great console um, yeah, the graphics are great on it too. It looked great. It looked better than anything else on the market at the time. So, last question: We're all parents. What is the one present your kids have asked for that you hated as intensely as Jack's parents seem to hate Nintendo? Because I have a few things that when my kids ask for it, I just like walk to the other room and I have to like count to ten because I hate these toys so much. <laughs> I can't bear the thought of buying any more of them. I honestly don't know if I have one. I just don't care. Okay. It, that, I mean, that's fair. Hey, you wanted a... I don't even know. Ugh. Okay. So, for example, uh, my kids love Legos, which I think is cool. It's, uh, it's teaching cool. you how to build things and problem solve, this, that, and the other. But when we spend hours upon hours building something only for it to be destroyed and then they lose all, all the pieces and I inevitably step on them, I hate that. I also <laughs> hate, it's, uh, a t- it's a tough age, right? It's a tough yeah. age. I also hate Treasure X. I think Treasure X is the chintziest pieces of shit on the market. You don't know what you're getting. I hate toys that it's a surprise and you have to keep buying them if you want to get a certain toy. I think that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I've managed to mostly avoid those. I, but in talking, I think I, I think I know. And I, I don't know if it's fair necessarily, but my youngest loves Plato, loves it. And his immediate reaction is to smash all the colors together. So instead of having like blue, yellow, purple, it all just turns brown almost yeah, immediately. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, he's, he's three. Just let him do it. Just let him do it. Just yeah. don't, don't say anything. He, He's happy. It's making him happy. Let him go. Drives you nuts, though, doesn't it? Drives me it nuts. Does. <laughs> no, I, I'm right there with you, Thunderous Wizard. Any of the the toys that come with the loot box mechanics, the blind bag toys, screw that stuff. And it's I all just it's, little cheap junk it is too. It's such like, bullshit. Yeah, I hate um, it. And my my biggest concern is that I think it's conditioning kids to compulsively purchase things. Yes, it's I, I don't I don't like it. And I, you know, I think it's a, probably some kind of psyop. Um, uh, but, you know, the other thing, too, that I really hate is some of the crap that's on like kids YouTube. Oh, yeah. There's, oh, there's yeah. so much bad content out there aimed at children. That's basically people like demoing crappy toys that just they, serves and, as basically but, commercials. And they're then, adults. These are adults that are getting ad revenue or generating income for themselves by basically you know producing free commercials for crap but then those kids get those grab bag toys like ryan's world he has a grab yeah. bag line um yes, Vlad yes, and Nikki, who are, 
I'm fairly sure are Russian spies. They have a grab bag line. It's just bullshit. Like people yeah. should buy what they want to buy. They shouldn't like buy and hope they get something neat. You yeah, fascist. No, I, yeah, yeah. Like you know, when I was a kid, you know, you wanted a specific thing. It wasn't. It wasn't this like I'm going to gamble with my toy purchase and see what I get. Now, when it came to video games, that was something different because the box art was almost always. It was. It was always a lot of the box art. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> I was universally I bought the games that looked like the coolest because of the box art. Yeah. One year I bought my mom for Mother's Day. We got her Batman the video game. Of course, I mean that was a little selfish of me. Uh, but holy shit, was that a great game? The Batman video game on Nintendo. Oh, it came out along with Batman '89. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that was the incredible. second one was good too. Yeah, incredible game. So that leads us into our second break. Uh, so we're gonna hear from our wrestling buddies, the Double Turn Podcast. And when we come back, we've got the Now You're Playing With Power Trivia Challenge. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Hello and welcome back. This is our 138th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wabam Entertainment. And we are on to the Now You're Playing With Power trivia challenge. Gentlemen, we have a standard five-question multiple-choice format quiz. To chime in, either stick with one of our stalwarts, ponytails, cocktails. I'm going to shoot my Nintendo Zapper, farts and tarts, or you can say Millennium Falcon Super Cool. Or the Olsons are weak stock, which is maybe my just favorite just line of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the winner of today's quiz will receive a gem mint Billy Ripken error card, of course, with fuckface written on the bottom of his bat. Prominently. Yes, that is a true story, by the way. As I mentioned, I'll post it to social media. Essentially, Billy Ripken had a series of bats. They were weighted improperly. So instead of numbering them like one, two, three, he's like, screw it. I'll just write fuck face on one of them. And he picked it up when the guy from Tops or whatever said, hey, can we take your picture? And it went out to print. And the company's like, oh, shit, his bat says fuck face. We have to recall these he, cards. He accidentally grabbed that yeah. bat. Yeah. yeah. Oops. Yeah. Lifetime 247 hitter, Billy Ripken. Brother of my favorite baseball player of all time. So being a new movie, there's really no interesting trivia about 8-Bit Christmas. As Captain Cash mentioned, like, there's, there's like a dearth of information about this movie. It's really weird how little info there is out there about this. Yeah. So we're just going to be doing classic 8-Bit NES trivia. All right, let's do now, it. I, it I, I might suck at this, but sure. Yeah. If you hey, run- the Olsons are weak stock. Let's yeah. go. If you run the gamut, I'll also throw in my NES Classic that has no power cord. So it's just like a paperweight at this point. But you, <laughs> I, you have to be able to buy a power cord for an NES at this stage, right? I think you can, yeah. I think you can get one for sure. Number one, in its lifetime, 
the NAS sold this many units globally? Is it A, oh, 55.7 million? Is it B, 61.9 million? Is it C, 74.5 million? Or is it D, 101.3 million? Yeah, see, we're, we're both we're both waiting for the other one to like chime in so they can guess. Uh, I'm going to shoot my light zapper. I'm going to go with D because they had several iterations of it. So I'm going to imagine over the years, they have to have hit that 100 million mark worldwide. That is incorrect. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that seemed high. So Captain Cash, your remaining choices are A, 55.7, B, 61.9, or C, 75.4. 61.9. That is correct. Holy crap. That is All right. Uh, I mean, 33% chance of being right. Yeah. So, bonus question. Where does this rank all time, not counting handhelds? Closest answer gets it. In terms of console systems, where does 61.9 million units rank all time? Fourth. Eighth. That's Chumpsilla nailed it. It is eighth. Oh, wow. Huh. Bonus number two. What, what was number one, though? Uh, the the best selling console of all time is PlayStation Two. Huh? Well, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that that track that was a great that was a good count console. So, uh, <laughs> bonus number two: Which Nintendo consoles have outsold it? Now, I'll give you a hint. There's two. You get one point for naming each of them. So, if you name both, you get two points. You name one, you get one point. Two Nintendo, Super Nintendo, consoles. and the Switch. Okay. Switch correct. Super Nintendo incorrect. Really? Uh, hearts and tarts. And huh. 64. Incorrect. Nintendo 64 Damn. sold poorly. The Wii, 101.53 million. Uh, oh, I completely forgot about the Wii. Yep. The Switch is currently at 84.59 million, which will pass the Wii and become the best selling Nintendo console of all time. No doubt. I even, ha- I even have a Wii for crying out loud. Two to one, Captain yeah. Cash. Number two, removing all Mario titles from the equation. Which of these classic NES games sold the most units? Is it A, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Is it B, Excite Bike? Is it C, The Legend of Zelda? Or is it D, Tetris? Tarts and Tarts. Okay, Chumpzilla. Just to clarify, is this all games in the series? No, game, Just, single so, game. So Okay, so I'm going to go with Tetris. Incorrect. That would have been my guess. Oh, wow. Mm. That's what I, I know said. What, I know what my second guess is then. What are, my, what are my other options? Your options are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which we discussed is an impossible slog that ruined our childhood, Excite Bike, or the original Legend of Zelda. See, I had all of these. Not Tetris, though, actually. Um, oh, give me Legend of Zelda. Correct. So Oof. TMNT, 4 million units. Excite Bike, 4.16 million units. Tetris, 5.58 million units. Zelda, 6.51 million See, units. I was going to give Tetris the advantage over Zelda because I thought more adults would buy Tetris. That's I, It's a very solid guess because Tetris was enormously popular. Yeah. Uh, bonus, Super Mario Brothers is the best-selling Nintendo cartridge of all time with 40.24 million units. But that was packaged with many systems, as was Duck Hunt, which sold 28.3 million. What is third behind Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt? What is third? 
Arts and Tarts, Super Mario 3. That is correct. Oh, well done. Yep, that was like 20 something million units. Yeah, which which just shocks me because that, even that sounds low. Well, that's the thing. Like people buy the console, but they don't necessarily buy a lot of buy these it, games. Buy so, every game, yeah. 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 So uh, still, I mean, Super Mario selling 20 something million is pretty impressive. Uh, and of course, it had a built in marketing machine because it was the only reason the movie The Wizard exists. Yeah. So, so we're at three to two, Captain Cash. Number three, the Famicom, which is how the NES is called in Japan, nearly ran on the same processor as this rival system. Is it A, the ColecoVision? Is it B, the Atari 2600? Is it C, the Sega SG-1000, which is the predecessor to the Sega Master System? Or is it D, the Intellivision? Uh, farts and Tarts. Captain Cash. Sega. Incorrect. Dang. Okay, it's, for me, it's down to the Atari or the Intellivision. Uh, farts and Tarts, I'm going to go with B. Oh, Chumpzilla, this is mm. disappointing. It was the ColecoVision. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. So it was A. The answer was A? The answer is A, ColecoVision. Oh, geez. Yeah. Still three to two. Number four, the original NES and the Famicom had many useless peripherals, such as the Power Glove. Which of the following was not one of them? Is it A, the NES lockout, which was a combination lock that allowed parents to block the cartridge slot? Was it B, the Famicom 3D, which is a pair of 3D glasses that utilize field sequential 3D to create a more immersive experience? Was it C, the Nintendo knitting machine? Pretty self-explanatory, it knit shit. Was it D, the Nintendo e-reader? which was an e-reader slot a gamer could scan to unlock hidden levels within a game, or was it E, the Nintendo Rock and Roller, a device that allowed players to use their feet to control the D-pad? Uh, and all of these are real things, to be one clear. Of, one of them, is, yeah, they're all real, but one of them was not for the Nintendo. But that they're is all, such but they're... a wide array of possible choices. <laughs> but they're all and, real. And all, like... And all of them, and you didn't even include the Nintendo Labo. The, no, yes, yeah. The, the cardboard box maker game. Oh, wow. Uh, um, I guess. Um, the, the uh, oh, geez. Yeah, no, go uh, ahead. The Olsons go are ahead, weak stock. In, yeah, the, the Olsons are weak stock. Okay. I, I'm going to go with the knitting machine because I feel like that incorrect with the, a different company. The, the Famicom had. A peripheral that allowed people to knit sweaters. <laughs> See, I, I was going to say that I was going to get that one to Sony. That was my theory. Is that was a Sony peripheral? That's so wildly insane and specific. Yes. Uh huh. So Captain I, I can't. Cash, I can't even be mad about that. I kind of want one. Your remaining choices: the NES Lockout, the Famicom 3D, the Nintendo e-reader, or the Nintendo Rock. Roll and rocker. I'm going to say lockout only because why would a video game system pick something that would stop you from playing the video game system? Incorrect. That was a real thing. Damn it. Uh, for the Nintendo that allowed parents to lock the system. The Nintendo e-reader was for the Game Boy Advance. 
Okay. So yeah, they I, were all real things at yeah. some point. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they were all real. I, just bonkers. Somewhat listen, listener, if you really want to right make now. a Christmas miracle, I need someone to send me the Nintendo knitter. I need that. That might wanna... be more expensive than just about anything on eBay. <laughs> I I need it. I don't I don't even know what it is, but I need it. Okay, we're at three to two. Jump silly, you're not dead in the water here. You're, you're, you've got some chances because we've got number five and a bonus. But number five is this. The original Famicom system came with square A and B buttons. It is extremely scarce because of a product recall. How much is a vintage one worth today? Is it A, a couple hundred bucks? Is it B... Over twenty five hundred bucks. Is it C over five thousand bucks, or is it D over ten thousand dollars? Farts and tarts. Captain Calf. Over ten k. People spend money on stupid shit. Incorrect. Damn it. What are my options again? This is this is I'm, I'm okay. This so is, it's, it's either it's either worth a lot or it's worth nothing. <laughs> it's A a couple hundred bucks. B over twenty five hundred yeah. bucks or C over five thousand bucks. Tens off the tip. Uh, you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna swing for the fences here. Uh, the uh, uh, the Olsons are definitely weak stock. It's got to be worth a couple hundred bucks. That is correct. Yeah, because Captain Cash took the high end. He took 10k off the table. So yeah, my theory there it had to be the top or the bottom. So I went with the bottom. Yeah, you can actually find them on eBay for as low as hundred dollars, which shocked me because there's cartridges Seriously? out there that are worth like ten grand. Cartridges. Yeah, the games can go for more than that. The um, yeah, the one that was like the Nintendo Cup that's like a special cartridge. There's only a few of in the world. Oh, like, super yeah, I just expensive. mean even just regular domestic Nintendo games can go yeah. for over a hundred dollars if it's in good condition. It comes with the booklet and stuff. But you know, you yeah. watch that movie Nintendo Quest where the guy tries to get every cartridge. Like, oh yeah, 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 it's yeah. insane. Like how much some of that stuff goes for. All right, so we're yeah. tied three to three, which means. Neither of you are going to get the Billy Ripken gem mint card, but there is the bonus. How much <laughs> is that gem mint Billy Ripken card worth? Closest answer gets it. So gem mint, this is means it's in peak condition. Okay. Closest answer. You know who would know this answer? Bruce Willis <laughs> from Cop Out. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> can I phone would- can I phone Bruce Willis? I can tell you this: this card would not pay for Bruce Willis's daughter's wedding. No, I'm not sure Bruce um, Willis would pay for Bruce Willis's daughter's at, wedding at this point. She's paying. <laughs> Given she's how paying, little he seems to give a shit about, she's anything. paying his rent at this point. Have you seen the shit he's been starring in? Come on. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll I'll set the bar here and, and, and shoot myself in the foot. Um. But uh, yeah, okay. Uh, the movie, it's in the 80s. I, I'm assuming they did the research. The movie told us it's worth like 95 bucks. I, I'm going to say it's probably worth about $95 today because baseball cards tend not to be worth a lot of money. Okay. <laughs> That's- I'm going to be a huge dick and, uh, and go the price is right route. $96. Yep. <laughs> well, Captain Cash wins because <laughs> it's. Uh... I guess basically like the, the, the mean value would be like 600. But when I was perusing the interwebs, generally closer to a thousand dollars to get a gem that Billy Ripken error card. 
So. Wow. Oh, so, so, so okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's worth more than I expected. Hey, this is it, Billy Ripken, right? Yeah. Because, you know, if I re- recall correctly, they reissued the card or they they, they corrected it mid-print. They, they put white it box out. over it. And yeah, the whited out one, over. I think, is worth more now than yeah. the, the error card. The error so, card. Yeah. Anyways. All right. We're on to recommendations. What do you guys have on tap for us this week? We'll start with Captain Cash. Uh, so this week, and I, I think by the time this comes out, I might be a week behind, uh, but new season of Witcher came out and I've been watching that. Uh, so far, it seems pretty good. I mean, like the Witcher is always going to be Xena, but with more blood and guts and boobs. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty cool with that, actually. That, that's the Nick Cage, Ron Perlman show. Yeah. Yes. Season of the Witch. The last season Witcher. of the Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> the Witcher man. The Witcher man. It's in my eyes. Ah, the bees, the bees. Uh, yeah, no, oh. the Henry Cavill Netflix thing. It's, oh, it's not bad. It's not great. It's not bad though. Season two got way better reviews than season one, and I which is tried weird because to... I got to tell you, I, I think I've watched about four of the possible eight episodes or six episodes. I don't remember. See, seems about the same. <laughs> I uh, I tried to watch season one of the time jumping. Was like nah. I, like this is weird like it's it's so confusing i'm out I, and i didn't play the witcher so that was also like i just didn't care enough i, I, I guess, don't think but, you really have to but yeah i may give it another try one day uh chumzilla well since we're recording this the same week that spider-man no way home comes out um i thought i'd recommend a movie that features an actor that appears in that film and one that appears in the movie for this episode. So I'm, of course, talking about 2001's Pootie Tang. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do it. <laughs> which, which, which does uh, feature J.B. Smoove as Trucky. Uh, he's, the, he's one of the school teachers in uh, uh, the Spider-Man franchise. He's also and he's the science teacher. It he's was he's also the plant in uh, the Harley Quinn show. J.B. Smoove. Yep. There you go. Yeah, that's prolific. Right. Yep, and uh, and hilarious. Uh, to be fair, and uh, Pootie Tang also has David Cross in blackface. So Yike. there, there you go, folks. But yeah, Pootie Tang. You know, it's an infamous movie for being just absolutely terrible. It's it is barely a film. I look forward to doing it on the pod at some point uh, because it is just historically awful and just bizarre. Um, and fun fact, star Pootie Tang himself, Lance Carruther, he's a comedy writer. This is his only acting credit, effectively. He did this movie and that was it. And it was pretty much written and I think directed by uh, Louis C.K. Or Louis C.K., whatever. Yeah. So okay. yeah, that makes it even more problematic. But it's free on Pluto TV. So there you go. There Wait, is your, it, uh, in HD or is it like in grainy... I think it's also on Amazon Prime, and it's 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 okay. It's it's better. It looks better than Crawl, um, but yeah. So there you go. So there is your uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, eight-bit uh, Christmas crossover content recommendation. Pootie Tang. Okay, uh, for me, uh, obviously you can go see Spider-Man No Way Home. I've seen it twice. I liked it a lot better the second time. I liked it both times, but I really like that movie. I think, my gosh. 
just an exercise in how you do something like that. Incredible. Yeah. It's not a perfect film. Oh, not um, there's a lot of stupid plot points, but you just kind of ignore them. You're like, oh no, it's too much cool shit happening. Sorry. Yeah, but the big stuff all works. Yeah. None, none of the dumb stuff is the big stuff. Most of it's like it's a comic book movie. And if you could hand wave, you can hand wave a lot of it away with that simple explanation. It doesn't require a huge jump in in logic. But no, it's uh it is impressive. It really is. The way I would say combine the franchises. issues the issues I have with it are all the same issues I have with the other MCU Spider-Man movies is that there's just so many like things that are just nonsensical and dumb, but this is just by far the best of the MCU Spider-Man movies. So I care a lot less. I, my, my issue with it is I would have loved this movie a lot more had I not already seen Spider-Verse. And that's as much as I can do without spoilers. Yeah. So my real recommendation is FUBAR one and two. You should watch those movies. It's about two Canadian slackers and their myriad of misadventures. Michael Douse, the director of 8-Bit Christmas, directed those movies. It's how he really got his break. They're very funny. They're insanely stupid, but they're very funny because of that stupidity. And I believe they're both free on Tubi, so check them out. Uh, Remember, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK. Captain Cash, where can they find you? You can find me at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. Chumpzilla, when you are not uh, killing dogs, dropping uh, your VCR on their head, where can they find you? You can find me absolutely not harming animals on Twitter at Chumpzilla8. PETA, he's the guy. Chump, at Chumpzilla. Don't at us. At Chumpzilla. He's the one who murdered the dog. Hey, man. Shit happens when you party naked. Uh, you can find Mary McCheese, who's not here today because he's reprogramming Rob the Robot, as we said, at HBOF McCheese on Twitter. And you can check out Wobam Entertainment at WobamEntertainment.com or on Instagram or Twitter at W-O-B-A-M-E-N-T. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe and connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. In the end, listeners, the power gloves sucked. That's a quote from this movie, but it's also as true as anything I've said today. (laughs) It was a piece of shit that did not work and sold way more than it probably should have. Listen, that you owned a power glove at all tells you exactly which character you were. I didn't own one. I never owned one. Uh, The worst peripheral that I owned for the Nintendo, I guess you could say that the, the power pad Right, was the power kinda, pad ruled though that was fun. but it was fun like but it didn't really work very well. I had a wireless controller. This is back in like 1989, wow. and that thing did not fucking work at all. <laughs> you had to be standing right next to the system, like touching the thing that was connected to it for it to work at all. Yeah, so that was kind of the holy grail of technology there for a little bit. Was like getting that first good wireless controller. I didn't have a oh, good the, wireless the, controller until uh, my my original Xbox. The WaveBird. The WaveBird for the GameCube was like a legit wireless controller. It was legit. Yeah. See, I, I, I skipped the GameCube, but I definitely got some aftermarket wireless guys for my original Xbox, and those those worked. They yeah. went through the batteries like crazy, but they worked. It's it's wild to think like how much all the technology has changed. 
which is another reason I really like this movie. It, it brought me way back to simpler times. But uh, don't forget, listeners, uh, we are doing our Christmas giveaway. So send us a, a message on one of our social medias about a toy you cherished as a child. And maybe you didn't get it. Maybe you did. It's a Christmas story of tragedy or triumph. And we're going to vote on who we think is the winner. And that winner will receive a Turbo Man action finger from the Christmas classic jingle all the way. By the way, you can check a picture of that on our social media. Very (laughs) elegantly placed by Chumzilla. It looks very nice. Yeah, finally got those up. So check out the pics. Turbo Man has never looked better, I don't think. Even when saving his wayward son, who then goes on to murder a bunch of children. I mean, listen, those younglings deserved it. Yeah. They, uh, the younglings had it coming. Hashtag the younglings had it coming. Hey, I'm just saying, if you guys are going to judge me for killing the dog, what if the do- it was actually the dog from Duck Hunt? I mean, I don't think anybody would be upset if I got that bastard. I'm saying. I mean, that's a good question. If that's how the many, one dog like, I killed. How many if, wasted, like, zaps? did you did you do on the duck hunt dog because when he would giggle at me holy shit was i so furious gonna unload under that (laughs) anyway we'll see you next week for the final entry in our hops and jingle bell flop series strange days because it's a new year's movie and that'll time up very Mm -hmm. nicely so we really didn't do many (laughs) jingle bell flops but hey shit happens so although I, i have a bone to pick with captain cash because i owned eight crazy nights so that would have saved me four dollars. <laughs> so thanks a lot. My bad. I, I owe you four bucks. Yeah. All right. Wait, we'll no, see. I don't. You made me watch. What was that most recent piece of shit that we had to pay money for? Oh, who knows? Out cold. Yeah, out cold. That Fuck wasn't you. me. That was oh, wait, cheese. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. All right. That we'll was see not you a Christmas movie. Yeah. We'll see you next week. God bless Lee Majors, John Majors. It's a three hundred dollar hat, bitch. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.